Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for the Chiefs Kingdom Show, live with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, and Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. It's presented by Bad Boy Moores, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mo with an attitude. And by High V, the world's best tailgating begins at High V. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Hey, this is Chiefs sideline reporter Josh Klingler. Before we get you into the Chiefs Kingdom show, just a quick reminder, you can hear Mitch Holtis with us on Fesco in the morning every Friday morning at 7.30 leading into the game that weekend. And don't miss color analyst Danon Hughes every Tuesday morning at 8.30. Tune in for exclusive one-on-one Chiefs interviews throughout the season on the Odyssey app and your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Now let's get you into the Chiefs Kingdom show presented by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Here is the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. And good evening, everybody. The doors to the Castle of the Kingdom have swung wide open. And first and foremost, we got to tell you we are not on site tonight at a Hy-Vee Market Grill. Uh, we were to be at the 23rd Street location in Independence uh, tonight at the Hy-Vee Market Grill to continue our Chiefs Kingdom uh, travel around the Metro, but because of the new NFL protocol rules, we are in studio tonight and we're basically back in 2020 protocol. And so tonight in the studio, we're going to bring you all of the energy of the kingdom as best we can. We give a shout out to all of the folks who have been there now for 13 weeks on site. And I do want to begin the show this way to thank the managers at the Hy-Vee Market Grills and Wahlburgers, where we have had 13 weeks of live shows. Raytown, Olathe's one and two stores, Lee Summit one and two stores, Overland Park one and two stores, Berry Road in the Northland, 64th Street in the Northland, Liberty, Missouri in the Northland, Shawnee, Mission in West uh, Kansas side, as well as Blue Springs. They've done an enormous job of bringing these shows to you live, and we've had big crowds. We've tried to be very careful. We've distanced. We've followed the, uh, high, uh, followed the COVID rules but the rules have changed. It changed this weekend, and the National Football League has put in new protocols with the uh, coronavirus. I will tell you very shortly the updated list for the Chiefs, and it is significant who has been put on the COVID list just today, just two hours ago. In fact, three names were added to that COVID list and what it could potentially mean for this week's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon with a 325 kickoff at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Before we get into, though, to uh, the rest of the show, I do want to mention that the specials continue. Uh, the Chiefs Kingdom show specials continue at the uh, High V's. 
Uh, you've got another hour to get these down. Four to seven on uh, every Monday night, you get the Cheese Kingdom Show meal deals. Uh, Two-piece hand-breaded chicken tenders, just $6.10. An Asian two-entree meal for just $6.10. And Calzones, two for $6.10. Those are still available uh, at the uh, participating Hy-Vee's for the next 57 minutes. So even though we're doing the show virtually tonight, the Chiefs Kingdom show meal deals continue. What also continues is that Hy-Vee is your best place to get ready for your holiday gathering. They have scanned the code, and we don't have Weird Wolf here to howl things out or uh, Lucy and Ethel, but you don't want to miss out on scanning the code. It takes just two seconds You'll find all the super hot deals and all your favorite products. These are honestly some of the best deals uh, in, I say, groceryness when we've got the live audience. I kid about it, but honestly, during the holidays, these are fantastic. So remember to scan the code at Hy-Vee. You can also score the savings on Mondays after games. Um, and so the Monday after this Pittsburgh game, you can score the savings and again, those meal deals are still alive and working, no matter if we're live or, uh, I'm sorry, if we're on site or doing the show virtually. All right, an exhilarating 34-28 to overtime victory over the Chargers last Thursday night. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, it has been one of the more improbable turnarounds, certainly in franchise history, and it's closing in on National Football League history. Let's put this in perspective. On Halloween night, on Halloween night, the Kansas City Chiefs were 3-4. and four. They had an 18% chance of making the playoffs. They had a 6% chance of winning the division. Those percentages were based off 30 years of data. On December the 20th, at 6.04, 57 Central Time, the Kansas City Chiefs, after seven consecutive victories, have a 99.3% chance of making the playoffs. They have a 93.6% chance of winning the division. And remarkably, the Kansas City Chiefs have a 54% chance of getting the bye and the only one seat available in the American Football Conference for 2021. That seemed like a pipe dream on Halloween night. In that amount of time, from October 31st to December 20th, it has been a 180 reversal for the Kansas City Chiefs. That being said, and we're just minutes away from talking with head coach Andy Reid, we'll talk about all of that and the fact that you do not turn on the snow cone machine. You just stay focused and grinding. And you do so in a National Football League world that has seen just a, an explosion of players that have been put on the COVID list throughout the entire league. We've seen it affect games, move games. In fact, there's a game going on right now. The Raiders are playing uh, the uh, Browns, and it's 10 to nothing Raiders at this point at halftime. But both teams have been affected. There's also a game tonight. That was originally scheduled, but two games tomorrow. So the league has had to adjust and move, but there have been over 100, well over 100 players put on the COVID list in just a week's time. Now for the Kansas City Chiefs, and this was just before 4 o'clock today that this was released. Three more Chiefs have been added to the COVID list. Travis Kelsey, the best tight end to ever play the game. Chavarius Ward, who has been as much of this turnaround for the defense as any player because he's been phenomenal and one of the top-rated corners in pass defense 
coming back from his injury. Remember, the Chiefs didn't have him early in the season. And thirdly, place kicker Harrison Butker. The Chiefs have also activated to the uh, current roster. So Kelsey Chavarius Ward and Harris but- uh, Harrison Butker added to the COVID list. Willie Gay Jr., Chris Jones, Josh Gordon missed the Thursday night game in Los Angeles. They're still on that COVID list for the time being. The Chiefs, however, have also activated place kicker Elliot Fry to be on the current roster. Elliot Fry has played one game in the National Football League. It was last year with the Atlanta Falcons. He played collegiately at South Carolina for the Gamecocks. In his one game with Atlanta, he played at Green Bay on October the 5th, 2020. He made a 23-yard field goal in that game. He was one for two on extra points. Atlanta lost to Green Bay at Lambeau, 30-16. to But there's a very real possibility, as we sit here on a Monday night, that Sunday afternoon, Elliott Fry could be the Chiefs kicker in that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, just continue to hang in there. So we'll get you ready for the Chiefs-Steelers game. We'll also take a glance back and a remarkable victory showing all kinds of grit and guts in that victory at Los Angeles in overtime. A phenomenal performance by Travis Kelsey. We'll also talk about the COVID situation. There's just a lot to cover with Andy Reid, the winningest coach in Chiefs history when we come back. We're on the Chiefs Kingdom show, doing the show virtually tonight with the new NFL COVID rules. Back with Coach Andy Reid and later in the show, we will also be joined by Chiefs Hall of Famer and two-time Pro Bowler, Carlos Carson. But we'll hear from Coach Andy Reid after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Mahomes trying to buy some time. He's got a man open. It's Kelsey at midfield. 45-40 flag on the play. And Kelsey breaks 30, 25, 20, 15 to the 10, to the 5, dragged down inside the 5, fumbles the ball, but they're going to rule him down by contact. Welcome back to our Chiefs Kingdom show again tonight. We apologize uh, with the new NFL protocol. We are doing everything virtual tonight. Apologies to the folks at the independent store. We were to be there tonight, but uh, hey, we're, we're rolling here. And with us now is the winningest coach in Kansas City Chiefs history, fifth winningest coach in NFL history, head coach Andy Reid. And here we are again, coach. I mean, you've had to navigate this as a leader again, uh, but just let, let's kind of start right there on trying to handle this, and especially with the new protocols coming down from the NFL. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad Rick Burkholder works here as our head trainer. He's the one that has to deal with all of this. And um, so it takes it off of my plate. Uh, We just kind of go back to doing it the way we did it last year in some areas and um, and then roll. So uh, we listen to him and then we follow what he says the rules and regulations that the league has set forward, and then, you know, we go with it. But there'd be some challenges, just like there were our last game, where certain guys, you know, will test positive and won't be able to play. I mean, that's just how this thing goes, and you've got to stay flexible with it. And and uh, it's not their fault. They're, the guys are trying hard not to test positive. But like the rest of the world, it's this thing's out there. You're kind of fighting the invisible man, and it's a, it's a tough deal. 
We are blessed, Chiefs Kingdom, to have people like Rick Burkholder and Kirsten Krug and people who have been on this case really now for 22 months. We're blessed. We talk about it takes a village to win. They are a big part of this village, and don't take them for granted. I, and let's, uh, I just want to get, I'm going to talk some generalities tonight, just the resolve. I know we're not going to start the Snowco machine and have parades for being 10 and 4 and winning 7 straight, but, but the resolve that your guys have shown to get to this point. There's work to do, a lot of work to do. But what about your guys and what they've shown to get to this point and how they've done it? Yeah, well, they, they've done a nice job. I mean, they've worked hard. Uh, they've stayed focused uh, at what they need to get done. Uh, then they've gone out and done it. And so um, my hat goes off to them. But the way the NFL's sitting right now is every week's the most important week. Uh Every game is the most important game, so you you just got to maximize your abilities the best you can every week. And, uh, you know, you're not counting numbers. You're not counting going, oh, this is whatever game you're going. I, we need this game, and and, uh, and we need to make sure we focus in and get, get our job jobs done and uh, do it the best we can at a very high level. You have trained these guys well, and not just our team, but the whole staff. And I, and I want to – that plane ride going to Los Angeles on Wednesday was interesting because usually here's some cackling and talking and people just conversing. That might be the quietest plane ride I've heard going to a game, and I loved it. I knew the guys were tired. You had staff that were pulling all-nighters, including yourself. But guys focused and ready to go, they were – they just knew the task at hand. To get a individual to that level is easy to take it for granted, but I'm going to, have to put your staff in here too. What about that handling a short week, tough week against a good opponent? Yeah, so when you play on Thursday, there's just not a lot of time for recovery. And, uh, you know, there's so much emphasis put on recovery for the players and getting themselves to where uh, they get their rest and diet and everything else, workouts in. So this kind of throws just a kink in it, uh, in your routine, but the guys should show great mental toughness. I'm saying throughout this league, the guys show great mental toughness on working through it. Neither you add in the travel to it, got a two hour plane ride. So it could be two hours jumping up and down, or it can be two hours of getting some rest and, and or study in. So I think our guys did a good job with that. Our players did. And then, the coaches, I mean, they bust their tail to try to give the players a game plan and uh, to do that and to keep it consistent with the game plans that they get throughout the season on a normal Sunday to Sunday schedule takes a little bit of time and effort. And uh, you, you limit yourself with sleep and and, uh, and hope you keep everything uh, organized well enough to where the guys can go out and play and, and play well. So without making it too complicated. And, and so I'm, I'm proud of our guys for doing that. Uh, our staff did a, did a nice job with it. The players liked the game plans that they had, and they went out and executed and to the best of their abilities. And, and so, you know, I think there was many – the coaches found that those two – that two hours that you go out there or three hours in the air uh, is valuable also for some sleep because <laughs> I noticed they were sleeping too. It was – to me, it was just impressive. I just want the Chiefs King to know how special it is inside our building and the culture of winning you've created, and that culture goes deep. All right. Then to win this game uh, without 95, 
without 50 and without 38. This is like a chessboard where they're taking your knight, your rook, and your bishop off one of them, and you've got to figure out how to win the chess game. Just what your defense showed in overcoming not having those guys at all three levels and still winning this game. Yeah, well, they're three of your better players at each position. Um, but the other, the kids that jumped in and, and helped out with the rotation, I thought did a nice job. So, um, you know, and the coaches didn't flinch on it, and I didn't think the players flinched either. They just kind of said, let's giddy up and go and let's play the best that we can and let the chips kind of fall where they may. So I appreciated that attitude going in. Now the AFC, I just said, I call it a casserole. It's like looking at this, all these, and it's just everybody's right here. And I guess the NFC is getting that way too. But you talk about the NFL and its competitiveness. I mean, it just seems to get more keen every week. No, it does. And right now the parity in this league is ridiculous. Um, on how close these teams are and small, small things are making the big difference. So you've got to just stay in tune with all your special situations and uh, game management and so on. So that all becomes uh, very important, especially down the stretch here. Not that it hasn't been, but especially down the stretch, um, we're all very closely paired. And like I said, the smallest thing can, lose a game for you. So uh, players and coaches need to stay on top of all that. That being said, can I ask you about something? Because you talk about the competitiveness in the offseason. You guys talk about how to make it even. And here's my question. Measurements and spotting the ball. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out where it's all an extrapolation. It's it's not like I'm taking a blue chalk line and, and getting it. I mean, we saw a game decided yesterday a big game between the titans and steelers on where i think the ball ought to be spotted by an inch where, where are we at on all that what, what does the league talk about it in regards yeah. to those discussions yeah so um i don't know if that was a good spot or a bad spot but i um it looked like it was pretty it was uh there's a little bit of yardage given to them uh by the, at least by the camera angle now I'm partial. I mean, I got friends on both teams, but, but it was, uh, that's a killer right there. I mean, that that was one of those credit card measurements. Uh, the way it the way it fell, uh, but that's all part. I mean, listen, that's all part of it. We know that. It, we always talk about this a game of inches, and you have to understand that and and uh, and take advantage of every opportunity and every chance you get to get points on the board, and so. And to gain that extra inch. Uh, so anyway, that, that's uh, you're right. Spotting is—it's is, an art for these officials uh, to spot it accurately through all those bodies that are on the ground, and then, and then two, um, you know, uh, get done what you need to get done with. Uh, so you're not in that quite in that situation, but it is a game of inches. Yeah, it's just. Seems like the science, maybe lasers, or I don't know, put the something in the ball. But looking at Vrabes's look, like really a thirty-second of an inch. I mean, it was they showed him up close, and he had that kind of perplexed look on his face. But but did they let you request a measurement anymore in this league? I mean, the one with Burton, I'll just bring it up. It's me. I'm not going to get you in trouble. But the one with Burton the other night on the shovel pass, I'm going first down looks like a first down and then they're like nope fourth down let's roll and it it was so fast but it just seems like are you getting that any coach getting to say hey let's look at this would you measure it 
Well, yeah, no, you, you don't have much of a say on that. Um, wow. Especially if they're pretty, if they've got a definitive answer there, so or they feel it's definitive. So. All right, I'll just. But anyway, I just that took all weekend to look at that, and then I saw that. Most game. of the guys will measure though if it's real close. Yeah. Well, they do a great job. I'm not saying that. It's just it's really very interesting because you mentioned it's just so within a fraction of an inch of deciding these games. All right, this week's game, here's Pittsburgh. And I'm going to just speak and just ask you about, we talk about toughness of our team. They've been this way for 50 years. It's crazy that in 53 years they've had three head coaches. Just how tough are these guys overall and the fact that they've done it now for six decades, it's hard not to admire those guys. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they've got a great organization, and uh, their head coach is a heck of a football coach, as are, as are their, their assistant coaches. Um, and there's a, like the, like the Chiefs organization, there, there's some family principles to it. And, and, uh, and so that leads to a little bit more consistency, I think, as you, as you go through for those people working for the organization. So it's, uh, um, Pittsburgh does a heck of a job. We, we saw that yesterday. I mean, they, you know, they, they didn't give up at all. They weren't playing as well as they wanted to the first half. And uh, they came back the second half. And this isn't the first time they've done that this year. Come back the second half and power through it and end up winning the game. So, um, you know, right when you think they're down a little bit, you you, better, you might as well just forget about that. You better, you better keep, keep on your A game for four quarters against this crew. I'm not a. I didn't major in Russian history, but they feel like Rasputin to me. Like you just can't get rid of them. Or Drago on rookie, well, Rocky, I should say, bringing it. But just how you have to train the guys this week now to go realize. I don't care if you're up twenty, whatever. These guys are going to stay right there. That sits six. It's a sixty-minute contract this week. Yeah. So the one nice thing is we get to show them the tape, and so the tape doesn't lie to you, uh, and they'll see all of that. So the, they'll they'll understand that if they didn't watch the game, the, which most of them probably did, but uh, it, the ones that didn't watch the game, uh, well, listen, you you'll see it right here, and uh, it just backs up your the words that you'll speak as a coach uh, to the team. You stand up and say, "Listen, you got to play four quarters against this crew, this crew here," and then you show them three or four games and. Uh, uh, here, here they're playing tough right into the fourth quarter. Well, we're going to let you go. We appreciate you creating a culture of winning in the Chiefs' kingdom. What's underrated, though, is the culture of toughness. And people think of toughness physically, but how much of this league and how much have you built a mental and emotional toughness among our guys, staff, and people in the building that walk around you every day, even during a pandemic, into 22 months? Yeah. yeah well, it, no matter how you cut the sport, you got to be tough to play it. Um, and it's been that way from the get go. Um, these guys are bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever been. Uh, and they, they're not afraid to hit each other and play aggressively against each other. So you've got to have a certain mindset and, uh, everything above the neck is, is as important as everything below the neck and down. So you've got to, you have to be strong there. Well, Coach, thanks for being with us tonight. We'll let you get back to work and ready for the Steelers. But appreciate it. We'll keep rolling on here.
All right. Night of those redheads out there, Mitch. Merry Christmas, too. Merry Christmas, Coach. And they're out there somewhere. Head Coach Andy Reid, stay tuned. We come back, we're going to hear from Chiefs Ambassador Carlos Carson. After these messages, you're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Second down, goal to go for the Chiefs at the one-yard line. They faked Edward Tillaire. They fire for the end zone. Caught Tyreek Hill. Back of the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. And Tyreek Hill getting open and a laser thrown by Mahomes that time. And the Chiefs are within two points at 7.44 to go in the game. Welcome back to our Chiefs Kingdom show. Again, we were to be at the 23rd Street location in Independence at the Hy-Vee Market Grill. But because of the new NFL COVID protocols that were put in place uh, late Friday, actually, things have changed dramatically around this league. In fact, over 150 players have tested positive for COVID-19 in just the past five days, including six current Chiefs players that are on that list and added just two and a half hours ago to that list were tight end Travis Kelsey, also uh, cornerback Tavarius Ward, and place kicker Harrison Butker. We just heard the highlight of Tyree Kill and his catch against the Chargers. Honestly, one of the greatest individual performances in a single game by a Chiefs receiver just went right under the radar of an incredible victory on the road in Los Angeles over the Chargers. And it was Tyree Kill's performance of 12 catches for 148 yards, 13 targets. And Tyreek Hill now has the most receptions by a wide receiver in a single season with 102 catches with three regular season games to go. So to give us perspective on this is one of the greatest receivers in Kansas City Chiefs history. We're going to bring him in tonight as our expert here. He's a Chiefs Hall of Famer, a two-time Pro Bowler, a guy that was uh, Tyreek Hill before his time with a great career with the Kansas City Chiefs in the 1980s. Welcome tonight to our virtual Chiefs Kingdom show, Carlos Carson. And number 88, welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom show. We thought we would have you in independence at the Hy-Vee Market Grill, but the new COVID protocols changed all that, my friend. But good to have you with us. Hey, Mitch, I'm so happy that uh, I'm still able to come on your show, man. I still feel honored to uh, be a part of the Chiefs organization, and uh, I'm just, just rooting them on. Hey, it is. Uh, you'll always be a part of the Chiefs' kingdom, my friend. And I always tell everybody, hey, there was a really good player that wore 88 before Tony Gonzalez. Uh, look him up and just watch his highlights. But I want to ask you about Tyreek because, again, that performance the other night we just went under the radar with Kelsey's 191 uh, yards in receiving and Mahomes' 400 yards in passing and the walk-off in overtime. But Tyreek Hill had an incredible game, limps back on the field in overtime to make a big catch, the catch right before uh, Kelsey's touchdown. But what have you seen in Tyreek Hill that has made him a premier wide receiver in the National Football League? You know, when Tyreek Hill came into the league, I I think that uh, people didn't think that he could catch the ball. I give him all the credit in the world that he worked on his craft uh, he's become a guy that runs excellent routes, uh, comes in and out of breaks, which is uh, really, really outstanding. And two, he catches the ball with his hands, and when he does that, he has a chance uh, to run after the catch. And uh, he's done a tremendous job of just developing himself 
to really be one of the top receivers in this league. Let's just put it out there. It was his 18th 100-yard receiving game. That ties for fourth most in Kansas City Chiefs history. He ties uh, fourth most with Carlos Carson. He tied you. He tied you, brother, with uh, 18 100-yard games. I think Tyreek would uh, really, really excel at uh, this game. I mean, it's, it's a passing league now. Uh, he's really elite with this. Uh, I'm really impressed with the speed, but I, I don't think enough credit is given to his, his quickness, uh, how he comes in and out of breaks. So, I mean, the guy is really, really outstanding. I want to ask you. I want to ask you about the ability to get open uh, for Tyreek. You mentioned his footwork, but you had to do the same thing. People would press you; they'd get physical with you. It wasn't like everybody's playing zone against you and letting you run uh, underneath routes all the time. What did you find as your success level in getting off press coverage in a fraction of a second, and what you've seen Tyreek been able to do? Well, it's. You know, Tyreek, his quickness uh, really helps him get off the ball because guys are so afraid of him going by. And I think it's his strength uh, of, his, of his hands. He gets people's hands off him. Uh, he runs routes, uh, whereas he doesn't round. He doesn't do the speed cut as I see a lot of guys do today. He, he comes in and out of breaks, and, I mean, he has separation, whereas – Hey, he's coming back towards the ball, which creates separation, and uh, it's, it's, it's just nothing more I can say to him. I mean, the guy's just, he's just phenomenal. Carlos, when did this happen for you in your career? Because you had a breakout year. 1983 for you was incredible. 80 catches and 1,351 yards and seven touchdowns. You were second in the National Football League that season in receiving, and you mentioned and maybe we were ahead of the game and throwing the ball a little more than others, but what did you, when did this kind of the light come on for you of how to get open in this league? Well, it, my light came on when uh, Funny Star replaced uh, Mel Blunt for the Steelers, and uh, I had a heck of a time getting away from a guy that's a Hall of Famer, and Jay Dalton just told me, son, if you want to play in this, in this league, you got to learn how to beat Buffalo Rock. And uh, that's when the light came on for me. Now, I had great teachers that helped me. I had Henry Marshall, uh, J.T. Smith that, you know, spent a lot of time with me on uh, technique, on on basically how to get people's hands off you. And once you beat them, you got to beat them again because you got to learn how to double move and, and all that other stuff that goes along with it. And how much off-season work did it take for you to get that craft down? Oh, it, it, it took at least a whole offseason. I mean, you really got to, you know, you, you got to learn how to, one, you got to learn how to make them punish. You got to punish them when you uh, get off the ball. So you got to be able to catch the ball so they can respect that. And two, it's just about footwork, uh, being quick with your feet, making quick decisions, and basically having a quarterback that, you know, believes in you and is going to make sure that, uh, He's, he's, you know, he's, he's going to stick with you and throw you the ball. Well, you also had that speed. You could get behind people. What folks need to realize, too, you were a big play guy, man, 84-yard, 80-yarder, 
How much did your speed, much like Tyreek's, make DBs? Because they had to be terrified of you getting behind them. Well, I, w- I, I hope so, but I have no speed like what Tyreek had. I mean, his, <laughs> his, his footwork, his speed is just it's something else. I mean, hey, my 4-3 compared to his whatever, 4-1, is, is completely different. Uh, he's just, you know, he's just fast and quick. Well, you were able to get open and have a great career. The other thing I want to ask you about, and kind of relating, because you could go relate to this current team, because we're sitting here now at crunch time. You mentioned Mel Blunt. You played some of the great Steeler teams of all time. But in 1986, you're well into your career. Your team, the Chiefs, were setting at 7-6 and six with three games to go, and you guys were able to win all three games to make the first postseason since 1971 at the time. Down the stretch, and this Chiefs team has a seven-game win streak. We've seen him have a complete turnaround. I just laid that out earlier in the show. But what did it take for you guys to finish strong down the stretch with three remaining games? You needed to win all of them, and the Chiefs are sitting here with three remaining games and need to win all of them. Well, the thing that that, that helped us was that we uh, had a belief that... uh, we could get it done. Uh, you know, our special teams was just phenomenal, and that kind of propelled over because they got us in some some great situations where we were able to have a short field, and uh, they just kind of helped us along. But who did you have that had that belief? Who helped? Who helped foster that belief so that you knew you could win down the stretch? Well, you know, Bill Kenning, uh, we had some great leaders, Deron Cherry, you know, Albert Lewis, and uh, just all those guys just, you know, hey, they just said, hey, we can do this. And uh, we just got it done. And that was the whole key. Uh, sometimes you just got to get it done. And, uh, it's, and, you know, our coaching uh, staff was phenomenal in this and that, they kept preaching all the positive things that what we needed to do to get it done. And, and lo and behold, man, you know, once you get at that time 47 guys believing in, in one goal, uh, it happened. Well, it was uh, impressive. If people want to go back and revisit it, it was exciting. Now, here's the other irony. You guys had to beat the Steelers to get it done. You had to beat the Steelers to get to the postseason. And I talked it with Andy before we connected with you, but I've got to admire what the Steelers have done. Three coaches in 53 years. That's phenomenal in any pro sport. But the toughness that the Steelers have had for years and years and years, what did it take to beat the Steelers on the final game of the regular season to get you guys in the postseason? Well, it, it took that, that mindset that you have to match their uh, intensity, their, their toughness, and you had to believe that uh, you were not going to give them anything. If they were going to beat you, they had to earn it. And that's, and that's kind of how we, uh, you know, played against Pittsburgh. We, we wanted to make sure that Pittsburgh knew that there was a physicalness that we were going to match with them and a, a toughness, and we were not going to give it to them. We wanted to make sure that they earned it. And, uh, hey, give the boys green for – you know, return the kickoff uh, the distance, and that really helped. 
Again, we're talking with Carlos Carson, Chiefs Hall of Famer, two-time Pro Bowler. We were supposed to be at the Hy-Vee Market Grill in the 23rd Street location in Independence. We'll tell you why that was going to be a home game for Carlos, but because of the new NFL uh, COVID protocol, we're doing the show virtually tonight. But Carlos Carson is also an outstanding leader in our community. We're going to find out about that and more when we come back. Carlos Carson with us tonight as the Chiefs get ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. We'll be back after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Two by two, running back in the back. Field to the right side of Mahomes. Steps up, flush to his right, pump faking. Now fires it late for Kelsey, who dives and catches it. Left side touchdown! Kansas City on the right side of the field to the Chargers left. Burning Kazir White, and the Chiefs are within one of tying and now have a decision to make at 116 to go in regulation with the uh, Chargers leading the Chiefs 28 27. Chiefs, welcome back to our Chiefs Kingdom show again tonight. We're virtual. Uh, with the new NFL COVID protocol coming out. Uh, we were to be at the 23rd Street in Independence, uh, but uh, we are in studio tonight, but we're joined by former uh, Chief Wide Receiver Carlos Carson, Chiefs Hall of Famer and two-time Pro Bowler. And the reason I say it was to be a home game uh, for Carlos Carson, he is a, a great business leader uh, in our community and a business owner. And you're a business owner in Independence, Carlos. We were going to be close to you, my friend. Yes, you were. You you were really going to be in my backyard. I mean, I was at, uh, I mean, my, my McDonald's are all in Independence, so it was it was definitely going to be a a, uh, a homecoming for me. And ha- how has it been to be a business leader? You've done a lot for not only the city of Independence, but for the Chiefs Kingdom. And, uh, I mean, your group of franchisees, they work together, but you do a lot just uh, instead of providing meals for folks. Uh, but just how exciting is it for you and what you're able to do uh, with your businesses and independence? Well, it's, it's really great. Uh, you know, we, we try to reach out to people in need. Uh, we got the Ronald McDonald House that we are a part of, and we just want to make sure that uh, there's, there's some needy families out there that need a lot of help. And the Ronald McDonald uh, that we're affiliated with offers that, and we just uh, are great are proud to be a part of that uh, organization. Carlos, in 2017, you were inducted into the Ring of Honor. I remember that night very well. What did it mean to you, and what does it mean to you every time you go into that stadium to see your name up on that facade between the club level and the upper deck? Uh, Miss, it's a, uh, a great feeling, man. It's, uh, it means everything to me. It means that uh, all the hard work, all the long hours that I uh, put in, uh, somebody recognized it and uh, thought well enough for me, of me, to uh, be a part of a great uh, group of men that is up on that wall with me. I mean, God, to be on the same wall with, you know, my idol, Otis Taylor, uh, is something that I never thought would ever happen to me coming into uh <laughs> Coming to the Chiefs in 1980 as a rookie, weighing 167 pounds, uh, <laughs> you, you can only imagine. I'm thinking, hey, if I could just get one year in, I'd be happy. <laughs> well, you played 10 years uh, with the Chiefs and had an incredible career. And then this LSU fraternity that you guys have, I mean, Tyron Matthew, of course, talks about it all the time and tweets about it. 
But then having Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I mean, you got how close is this uh, LSU Chiefs combo fraternity you guys got? Well, you know, I I know of those guys. Uh, you know, it all starts back with you know Burt Jones, all those guys. We have a certain amount of pride that we try to uh, exhibit when we step on the field and. Uh, at Tiger Stadium, we have a certain tradition, and I think that tradition just trans, you know, just transfer over to the uh, the pro level. We have a certain amount of pride on how we play the game, and and how we want to be perceived. So uh, I'm sure all the young men on there from LSU have a certain amount of pride, and they know what it takes to uh, walk out in Death Valley and uh, play in front of eighty thousand plus people. Yeah, we got a couple minutes left with Carlos Carson, our guest tonight. We're doing the Hy-Vee um, Chiefs Kingdom show tonight virtually because of the new NFL uh, COVID protocol put in place this weekend. But I ask this a lot of our former players. How much pride have you taken in the Chiefs? Now, they're on the cusp, Carlos, of winning six consecutive AFC West Division championships. That's not happened in the 62-year history of the division, really dating back to the AFL West. If the Chiefs can pull this off, they got a 93% chance of doing it. But how much pride do you take in that, playing with this team for a decade, and then the fact when they won that Super Bowl, how much did you feel that of saying, yeah, I had a piece of that, even though it's been a while since I've been on the field? You know, uh, Mitch, man, it's an unbelievable feeling. Uh, still when I walk in the Arrowhead and I see that team, how they perform, and what some of the things they're doing, it really makes me proud um, to be a part of that organization. And, man, it's, it's feelings that you really can't describe. Uh, I'm just thankful that the Chiefs organization has let us, when I say us, ambassadors and former players, be a part of something that's really special. And uh, I give kudos to them. And like I say, it is it's probably one of the best feelings in the world to see how great this team is doing and uh, hopefully they can achieve their goals of winning another Super Bowl. Well, you played with some great quarterbacks, but how many times have you nudged your buddies and go, man, if I had Mahomes, what could I have done? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good thought to have, Mitch, man, but, you know, uh, I still love Bill Kenny. I mean, Bill uh, believed in me and, and, and threw the ball to me. And uh, I can never forget that guy. And just playing with some great receivers and Stephon Page and Henry Marsh and J.T. Smith. Uh, those are some special memories for me. But, I mean, hey, Patrick is a phenomenal quarterback that uh, this city has been searching for for a long time. And, and let's, let's try to keep him upright and uh, healthy. And I, and I see a lot of great things for this organization, not only this year, but the following years afterwards. Well, Carlos, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for being with us. But we need to do this week what you did in 1986. That team had to win all three remaining games to get it done, and you had to beat the Steelers in one of those three. We're going to try to do the same thing, my friend. I'm sure you will. I, I have all the faith in the world. All right, thank you. Uh, Chiefs Hall of Famer, right, Carlos Costa, and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, my friend. A business leader in independence, a terrific member 
of the Chiefs Kingdom and former Chiefs uh, Hall, our current Chiefs Hall of Famer and also two-time Pro Bowler Carlos Carson. We come back. We'll give you uh, give you an update. Uh, on this COVID situation as we'll wrap up the show and get ready for the Steelers. We'll be back to wrap things up after this. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. The TD wins it. 28-28 time. In overtime, Edwards Hilaire, the running back to the left of Mahomes. Mahomes takes the snap at his right thigh, dumps it over the middle, caught by Kelsey at the 30, spins back up, hey, Kelsey at the 15-yard line, Kelsey at the 10-5, touchdown, Kansas City in the biggest AFC West game in five years. The Chiefs put the hammer down with the 34-yard touchdown pass, Mahomes to Kelsey, and the Chiefs take a commanding two-game lead in the AFC West with a gutsy, gutsy, gutsy win in overtime. It will not soon be forgotten. It'll probably be never forgotten. Um, An incredible walk-off, 34-yard touchdown reception by Travis Kelsey, catch and run from Patrick Mahomes to give the Chiefs an all-in victory over the Chargers in a two-game lead. As I mentioned with Carlos Carson before the break, no team in the uh, no team in the AFC West has ever won six consecutive division titles, and the four teams that are members of the division now have been members since the first year of the 1960 AFL season. And no team, not the Broncos, not the Chargers, not the Raiders, have won six consecutive AFC titles. The Chiefs can do that if they can take care of their business this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, if you joined us late. Here's the update. Uh, again, the NFL, new COVID protocol. That's why we are not at a hy Market Grill tonight in Independence. We are doing the show virtually in a couple minutes to go on the show. Just to remind you, Willie Gay Jr., Chris Jones, and Josh Gordon were put on the list prior to the game against the Chargers. They're still on that list, but added today, just two, about three hours ago, tight end Travis Kelsey is on the COVID-19 list. So is cornerback Chavarius Ward, and so is place kicker Harrison Butker. The Chiefs today activated off the practice squad place kicker Elliot Fry. He has kicked in one NFL game. It was last year with the Falcons on October the 5th, 2020 at Green Bay. He played collegially at South Carolina. He kicked in this one game. He was one of two on extra points, and he made a 23-yard field goal. There is a very real chance Elliot Fry will be the Chiefs place kicker this Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. In case you're wanting to know, The Steelers added just one player today on the COVID-19 list. It was guard Malcolm Pridgeton, who has not played in a game yet for the Steelers in his rookie year. But there are a couple players on the uh, Steeler injury list that we'll be monitoring throughout the week. The biggest one is the rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth, who's been outstanding this year. He is in the concussion protocol, but it's his second concussion suffered this season. So he is on the Steeler injured list. But tonight, or three hours ago, late this afternoon, Travis Kelsey, Tavarius Ward, Harrison Butker added to the COVID-19 list. The Chiefs will grind on and get ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on uh, Sunday afternoon at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. If the Chiefs take care of their business, they have gone from Halloween until tonight from an 18% chance to make the playoffs to a 54% chance to get the buy on the one seed. 
on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You've been listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Bad Boy Mowers, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mow with an attitude. And by Hy-Vee. The world's best tailgating begins at Hy-Vee. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Hey, this is Chief Sideline Reporter Josh Klingler. Thank you for listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show. As a reminder, you can hear Mitch Holtis with us on Festival in the Morning every Friday morning at 7.30 leading into the game that weekend. And don't miss color analyst Dana Hughes every Tuesday morning at 8.30. Tune in for exclusive one-on-one Chiefs interviews throughout the season on the Odyssey app and your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Thank you for listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show presented by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.